Hello, I'm Eileen McDonald, the Editorial Director at RISE, and my guests for today's episode of RISE Radio are Colleen Giannastasio and Dean Ratzlaff. Colleen is the Director, Ambulatory CDQI at Devoted Health in Waltham, Massachusetts, which has one of the fastest growing Medicare Advantage health plans in the country, with plans in Florida, Texas, Ohio, and Arizona. And Dean is the Director, Actuary Revenue Management for Centera Health Plans, which is based in Virginia Beach, and offers commercial, Medicare, Medicaid, and Medicare Advantage health plans in Virginia, and is currently eyeing expansion in North Carolina and Ohio. Both will be presenting at RISE's upcoming Risk Adjustment Forum, a hybrid event which will take place June 30th and July 1st with pre-conference virtual workshops on June 25th. Sessions are going to be live in Orlando and also live streamed, which is sort of perfect for our conversation today. Um, although the Risk Adjustment Forum primarily offers in-depth sessions on everything related to risk adjustment, my guest sessions is a universal topic and I think would be of interest to all organizations, especially in light of the past year, they'll be sharing strategies for remote worker success. And so many organizations um, are having employees return to the office as COVID restrictions lift, but many are gonna to continue to have employees work from home or returning to the office, at least on a part-time basis. So Colleen, prior to COVID, were any of your employees working from home or did you have to learn how to manage your remote workforce on the fly during the situation? Great question, Eileen. Actually, I was lucky enough to have my team working a hybrid approach. So I did have team members who were coming into the office part-time and working remotely. So we were lucky enough when COVID hit to have the technology in place um, to quickly pivot to a fully remote environment. How about you, Dean? Was it similar for you? No, prior to the pandemic, we insisted that employees be physically in the office. And in fact, we had to turn down a number of uh, job candidates because of that policy. So when the pandemic hit, uh, we had to learn from scratch how to learn work in a remote environment. You know, it was sort of similar for me. I work remotely um, and I have for years, but it was it was a learning adjustment when I went from a full-time office and it wasn't during COVID, you know, obviously restrictions, but just learning. There's a whole mindset. There's so much that's in the office that I just had to get used to. What was the reaction uh, for the most part for your, your team when they went remote? Was it, was it sort of a sketchy in the beginning? What did they embrace it? Uh, Colleen, I'll start with you. Sure, thanks. My team embraced it. Um, it was a necessity at the time. It, it happened very, very quickly. They embraced it. The, the biggest challenge was staying connected. So um, the, the first, the first thing that we heard concerns with was, you know, they're not seeing their, their friends and their colleagues and having that time to interact in person. So that was the biggest challenge, but my team did embrace it. And you, Dean, was it similar? I mean, it seemed like it was pretty stressful, right? When you, you know, for so many people having to suddenly switch. Somewhat. Uh, the most stressful aspects were working with the technology and with our IT department. And it has taken some time to get the right connections so that we can have the audio and the video connected. And sometimes having the right software on people's computers. Uh, our company has issued laptops for everybody to use 
that the laptops don't have the software installed that we need. So there are often individual calls to get what's needed. Those have been the most stressful aspects, but I think universally everybody, and there are 11 people that report up to me, all enjoy working remotely. And do you think it will continue now? I mean, I know some organizations are having people come back and, and Dean, you said your organization primarily only wanted people um, in the office, but, but now? Yeah, I think we're a case study of a phenomenon that might be happening across the country and organizations that previously may have required in-person work now have really loosened up those uh, restrictions and will allow remote working. Uh, I actually had to tag each and every one of my 11 employees as remote, on-site, or hybrid. And with the exception of four managers that got tagged as hybrid, every single one of our members or our team members is remote. Uh, 100% moving forward. How about you, Colleen? Yes, I definitely think this will continue. Um, one, of, one of the unexpected benefits of, of going fully remote is just that we're able to cast a wider net for talent. Before, when we were requiring people to be in the geographic area, it did limit our talent pool. And what we've seen since, since going remote is that we're able to cast that that larger net and pull in people that we might not have had the opportunity to interview before. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I found that in my early days of looking for work for people who were looking for remote that that they could if in it, it can be successful. Um, so that's one benefit. Are there any other um, pros that you found things that were unexpected, maybe um, when you went remote? Not that it was unexpected, Eileen, but I feel like one of the biggest benefits is that we're able to accommodate the work-life balance of employees a little bit better. Um, the inevitable childcare issues or the weather issues that would keep a, uh, an employee who was required to be on site, it would keep them from being in the office, doesn't have that same effect in, in the remote um, environment. They're, they're able to to work around that schedule or, or around those disruptions with, without as much disruption to the working day. I can, I can see that. How about you, Dean? Any other um, sort of positives that came out of this? Similar to what Kyle, Colleen just mentioned, uh, when an employee has a doctor's office visit or uh, their child gets off of school early, um, they're able to work around that much easier when remote as opposed to in-person. Um, another thing I'll add, and again, I think this is uh, universal, is that I think amongst our organization, there might've been a suspicion that when people are working remotely, you can't check in on them and ensure that they're working. And just as, various research studies have shown that's really a falsehood uh, you know in our personal experience people want to do good work and they tend to end up working harder and sometimes more thoroughly when remote as opposed to in the office so that myth uh, has been thoroughly busted yeah I think that's true I mean I know in the early parts when I had a young child years ago you know I think they thought you know 
that I wasn't going to be as productive. And instead, you really are more efficient and you really do want to do a good job. Sometimes you probably work longer hours than you should because the computer is constantly available to you. So I think the harder part is turning it off for the day. Um, and I know, Dean, you mentioned the sort of the technical challenges that you guys have experienced initially when you moved to remote. What are some of the other challenges that your organization experienced when you sort of were forced into this situation? I think the socialization, because uh, even if uh, coworkers aren't like family, there's still a level of camaraderie that happens there. And you can have some of it working in the office where you just stop by at somebody's cube or somebody's desk and you chit chat, or you meet somebody at the copy machine and you chit chat, or uh, you run over to somebody else's cube or desk and say, hey, let's go to lunch together. And you all walk to a place to eat or drive to a place to eat. And then when you work remotely, um, you know, that's one of the, the most salient needs that rises to the surface is, is people's need for that socialization. So um, we've had a few social people on our team that have agreed to do what we call virtual happy hours. And uh, we've gotten drinks uh, like orange juice or whatever, not alcoholic drinks. And we've just sat at our desk, turned our cameras on, and we've just drank while we've uh, talked with each other. And it's been clear by the response to those types of activities that uh, there's been a hunger during this pandemic to keep those connections with other people. And that's been a challenge going from an in-office work to a remote work style. For sure. How about you, Colleen? I'm going to echo what Dean said. There's definitely a need to recreate that water cooler talk, if you will, where you're just interacting with colleagues on the fly and enjoying the social aspect of work. So I, I think it's really important as, as this remote work continues to recreate either the water cooler environment or what, what we've put into place is a coffee talk hour where the team gets together for half an hour to an hour every couple of weeks not to talk about work. And that's, that's the direction. Let's not talk about work. Let's talk about the kids. Let's talk about what vacation you're planning. Let's talk about you know, what, what, what you're doing in your garden, things that you would be talking about if you were, you know, in person. And it's important to be cognizant of that and really create that environment because otherwise it doesn't happen. It's, it's very easy to just get into a work mode and you work on your computer just on, on deliverables and projects and you forget the human aspect. So we, we've had a lot of that. Um, from a management standpoint too, I would encourage everybody to do what I call pulse checks. Um, as a manager, it's easy again to, to just check in with people on deliverables. I, I like to do a pulse check where each week, each member of my team sends me a quick message to let me know about what challenges they might've experienced. What was the highlight of their week? Um, what are they looking forward to for the following week? And it can be professional or business, but again, it, it keeps us from becoming robotic and just all focus on, on business. It's a, it's a nice chance to um, have that human connection. Yeah, I think that's really important too, because um, we've all experienced it as well. Although I worked remote, the team in North Carolina was were in the office and they had to go remote. So I actually found myself more included. We've done 
virtual baby showers and virtual bridal showers and events that I wouldn't ordinarily have been invited to necessarily, right? Because they would have done it offsite or in the office. So it's actually made me closer to the team in a strange way, which people people might not have expected, you know, expected. So I wonder if your team feels the same way too, especially since we're all experiencing this together. You know, everyone was forced to be at home. So I suppose, you know, there was this, there's a natural desire, you know, desire to, even if you're not as social as others, to sort of at least reconnect every couple of weeks, Absolutely. I think. I think it's, it's a great reminder that, you know, life goes on and, and COVID is going to be part of the past, but life goes on. There's so many memory, you know, so many memorable celebrations and, and life events that we need to take the time to acknowledge and join together to celebrate. Are there any strategies um, either you or Dean can share something um, that maybe we haven't talked about, but things that you'd recommend either from a management standpoint as your own or just a personal um, thing that you've noted that works for you working remotely since, I mean, we, you too have to work remote as well as managing a f- the workforce. Yeah, personally, Dean touched on it a little earlier. Um, one of the challenges I've had, it's so convenient to work from home, right? You just walk down the hall and you start your workday. I think the biggest challenge I've had is with the workday creep. So you might start a little earlier because you don't have to commute and you might just extend your workday out a little bit more each day. And, and that becomes very unbalanced if, you, if you're not cognizant of it and you make sure to either put a, a reminder on your desk to you know clock out at 5.30 or clock out at 6.00 or you know, walk out of your office and shut that door, if you will. Um, I, I think that's the biggest challenge and that's what I would encourage people to do is just to make sure that there's, there's some sort of balance because it's very, very convenient to work from home and sometimes um, those days get extended longer and longer until it's, it's a little unbalanced. It's true, I've had to put in the, my calendar even just to get up and take a walk mid-afternoon just to sort of step away from the computer. Whereas if you're in an office, maybe a friend like Dean would say, do you wanna go grab some lunch or, or at least you know, sit for two seconds and talk about something else. How about you, Dean? Are there any other strategies that you've um, found that worked for you? Well, I'm gonna continue that thought of uh, scheduling times to work and times when you're not working. Um, I, I think it's best practice for every individual to have a set time that they start and ideally a set time that they leave. Uh, there may need to be some flexibility in there. Uh, I, I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast is, is um, exempt and uh, salary. Um, what I found helpful is doing a, a morning walk. And uh, when I'm at my home office, I literally just sit. I don't have the excuse to get up and go down the stairs and walk across the parking lot to my car or walk to a place to eat. I literally just sit there and it's important to get up and move around. And I like your suggestion, Eileen, to have a scheduled time to move each day, even if it's just very short to get that blood flowing um, it has so many benefits. Yeah, I think so. I used to sometimes grab a cup of coffee mid-afternoon because I'd get that tired feeling at three. And I found at three, that's probably when I need to really walk and just get that fresh air or just get away from like staring at that computer. You know, you can, and you can get the Zoom fatigue too when you've been in the, 
video meetings all day and, and steering. So you do need to get you give your eyes, I think, a little bit of a rest and give you that little spurt for the rest of the afternoon. Before, um, I know that you'll be talking more in depth during your session, some more specific strategies, things for um, employers to think about workforce, just teams in general to think for, but do you have any final thoughts before we close and before we, I hope people will join to learn more at the Risk Adjustment Forum, but any other final thoughts uh, before we sign off for today? My final thought, Eileen, would just be to be extremely cognizant that we're always thinking about ways to remain connected as a team. Um, and that that changes from month over month. It might, it might look different at the beginning of, of, of this experience, and it might look different, you know, six months from now, but to constantly think of ways that we can stay connected because as teams continue to, to grow their remote teams, there, there is the, the challenge of, of making sure that people feel like they're part of a team and they're, they're not just logging into some faceless monitor every day and that they don't have that sense of belonging that's so important to a successful relationship. Good point. How about you, Dean? Yeah, you know, when there are large meetings where it's important to check attendance, one of the things that the meeting facilitator can do is have the list of expected attendees ready to go at the beginning of the call and then check attendance via the virtual meeting platform they're using, Zoom, WebEx, uh, many of the others will list the participants there. And that way attendance can be checked without having to verbally go through and say, are you here or are you not here? Um, I mentioned that because one of the things Colleen and I will be doing at the forum is trying to give the audience members as many tips to add to their toolbox as possible to uh, make working remotely a successful endeavor. And that's just one of hundreds of tips that we'll be sharing at the forum. I'll be listening in. I'll be attending virtually, but I will say, um, and as much as I do enjoy working from home, um, I will be happy to see people again in person. And I hope that will include the two of you at some point in the upcoming year. And I thank you both for your time today. It's great and um, best of luck to both your organizations. Thank you for having us, Eileen.